Today, we're going to take a glimpse into the life of ministers and some things that you can do today to encourage your church leaders. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to Bearing Up. Uh, very excited about this episode today. Uh, unfortunately, Logan is not going to be with us today. Uh, he is... Uh, there's a family where he lives that, and you know, he's, he lives in Texas, uh, but they have a barn that collapsed in because of the snow. And so he's there, he's helping with them, uh, kind of cleaning up, salvaging what they can. Uh, and so he's doing that. He's doing a good work today. Uh, so we miss him, but we understand totally uh, what he is doing today is, is important. Uh, but we do have a guest. We can call him special guest or we can call him uh, a uh, guest uh, co-host today. <laughs> uh, we have Joshua Hester with us again. Uh, so, hey, Joshua, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for having me again. Yeah, we're excited um, because you were our first guest during the first season. Uh, good friend from from college. We talk quite a bit still, and mm -hmm. and uh, I'm just uh, glad to glad to have you on today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking a little bit back and forth about how it's been six or seven months since since that time. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting that you've been able to do this that long. <laughs> yeah, it's time has gotten away from us a little bit. How are things going there? And I know that some places are kind of opening back up with coronavirus. And so like how things are, how are things going at the church where you're working with? Yeah. Um, well, we've um, hired an intern for the summer, which is a good sign, hoping that we can get back to doing some activities by the summer. Uh, we've, we've had Sunday morning worship and that's it for a long time. And then we went to a Sunday night format on Wednesday night. So another lesson sermon type thing. And then about a month ago, we opened up classes for all ages on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, socially distanced, you know, keep your distance. Um, we've had to shuffle classes around like the high school class is in the annex because their, their room is not as big. Um, so we kind of had to make it work, but I'm excited that we're finally coming back to being able to spend time with each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this thing is, it's, it's been very difficult um, for everyone. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, during the early stages um, where we, we kind of withdrew and we're doing the online thing. Um, you know, the more I think about it, the more I wish we had not done that. And he had just kept going um, despite everything that was going on. Um, but, uh, there was a time where I was going live on Sunday morning and then, uh, I decided one time to record beforehand so that I could worship, uh, you know, online with another congregation. Uh, and I just felt like it was so difficult to, to get into the mind of worship whenever you're just online or you're looking on the phone and you're not present with everyone. And so that's so it's been difficult, I know, for everybody um, that has been limited to having to do that. And, and uh, but it is encouraging that things are starting to get a little bit more, you know, open, you know, starting to get back into some, you know, other practices and 
maybe right. gradually getting into normalcy a little bit. Uh, right. Yeah. Something, something I've noticed, um, you know, we did, like I said, we came back to worship for several months and that's all that we were doing. And it um, helped me realize that, and I'd never thought about it before because I think the church here, the congregation here is still starving for interaction with each other and being around each other. And it helped me realize that when we come to worship, I think there was this mindset of, you know, when we weren't worshiping together, you know, we were, we were losing a lot. And I, and I think we were, but it, I've realized that worship is for God. Mm-hmm. When we worship, it's for, it's for God. Now we have uh, side effects of edifying one another and encouraging one another, but its sole purpose is to worship and to give up an offering for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about all the other things like Bible class and devotionals during the week and all those other things are for us, are more so for us and, and our spiritual growth. So it, for us, it was interesting to come back to worship, but not, but still not have the feeling of, man, I'm, I still miss my, my church family, even though I see them, you know, 10 minutes before worship and 10 minutes after worship. Mm-hmm. You know, I still didn't still didn't get that interaction uh, that that you get with extracurricular activities, I guess. Right. Yeah. All the extra stuff and events and different things like that. But yeah. We want to talk about encouragement of church leaders today. Um, and, you know, you and I are ministers. Uh, I know there are ministers that, that watch this program. Uh, I know that there are many Christians that are part of a, a church and they have church leaders. Uh, so I think this is a great uh, idea. This is a great uh, topic for all of us. Um, but before we get into that, the last time that we spoke and you were on the show, you talked about how there wasn't really a choice uh, to get into ministry. It seemed like it was just something that was, it was a calling and you, you didn't really feel like, well, I can't really do anything else. <laughs> kind of this idea that, you know, yeah. this, this is what I'm meant to do. Uh, but if you had to do something else, if you had to do some kind of secular work, um, maybe in your mind it's, well, ministry is not paying the bills, and so I have to do something else. You know, uh, what, what do you think you would do? So the reason why I wanted to become a minister, you know, is to minister. I know that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, I would say that I would do one of three things and I I would have to, I would have to dabble around in each one of them to see exactly what I wanted to do. But I would either want to go into uh, like mental health and clinical counseling. I don't think I would want to go like psychiatrist and dealing with mental illnesses as much, but maybe more so of problems that happen in life. So a couple's going through a divorce or they're having marital problems or children that have had problems with their parents, that, that type of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do that, or I want to get involved in the foster care system somehow, okay. um, yeah. helping those children. And then another one, and this has been more of a recent thing, uh, I would want to get into helping children with disabilities. Uh, so whether that's mental or physical disabilities, um, here in the town that we live in, there's a big, uh, there's a large population of children with 
disabilities. And there's lots of programs here, which is why that is. A lot of mm-hmm. parents bring their kids here because there are lots of programs. So seeing that and seeing all of that happen and watching that from the outside in, I think it would be cool to be a part of that and helping children with disabilities. Just something helping people. Yeah. I think. I yeah. Say, like each one of those things is like it's a ministry. Yeah. <laughs> so if I wasn't doing ministry, I would be doing ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, um, I, I guess, yeah, last year I had to, I, I had to get into some secular work and, uh, you know, I, I did, I was a sped teacher for a year mm-hmm. uh, and that was such a great, you know, getting to work with those kids. It, it, it feels good that you can be an influence on them and that you can help them. And, you know, a lot of kids, you know, especially in public school, working with, you know, kids like that, you know, they, they need somebody to love them. You know, they need compassion. They need some somebody to try to understand and, and help them, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's a ministry. It sure is. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. It, it, if I if I wasn't doing this, my ideal job would probably be to uh, either go back and do that or, or to teach music. You know, that's mm. that's always been a, yeah. you know, a love of mine. So maybe yeah, we'll... I, I can see you doing something like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you know, if you're doing a secular job. Right, right. Okay, so let's go ahead. We'll get into our, our main topic for today. And the way that we're going to break this up uh, for our viewers and for our listeners, uh, we're going to ask first why uh, preachers and ministers need encouragement. We're going to break that din, down then into why elders and deacons need encouragement. Um, and then uh, talk about how we can encourage them. What can we do to encourage uh, both our preachers and ministers and our elders and deacons in the church. Um, so why should, why, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> you know, why, why do preachers and ministers need encouragement? You know, I think everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs building up, you know, especially in hard times. You, know, you look specifically for reasons or for ways you can encourage them um, when they're on hard times. Um, and, and, and I think it's good to offer encouragement constantly, uh, even when you're not going through a, a relatively difficult time, but just encouragement to grow, encouragement to build, to, to strengthen faith, because we all need that. Um, so why, why specifically preachers and ministers, though? Uh, what are some reasons maybe you're thinking of? Um, well, I think uh, the first reason would be um, you know, the number one fear of people in general is public speaking. So <clears throat> the, the preacher, it is, his, it is his role to do that, it, you know, once a week or several times a week. Um, so when you, do, when you are in a public speaking role, you're putting yourself out there in ways that, that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it is pouring out your heart. And saying, I've studied this, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into this, and I'm going to present it to you. And sometimes as a preacher, you walk away and you say, Hey, that was a home run. Like that, <laughs> that, that was the sermon right there. And there's sometimes where you walk away and say, That was a flop. You know, that was yeah. <laughs> not. And um, 
and it's with anything. You know, no one has a hundred percent free throw percentage. You can mm-hmm. practice free throws all day long, but you're not going to have a hundred percent percentage. And it's the same way with with sermons and uh, performing those duties. So for me, uh, I think of when I've been encouraged. I need the encouragement a whole lot more when I do have a flop or when I do have those moments. Yeah, I'm like that was terrible (laughs) um but you know what's funny is sometimes you got uh you know the the flop lessons are the ones that somebody will come up and say wow that was a great lesson (laughs) and then then the ones that you say are are you know yeah i hit i hit a home run nobody will say anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's just how it is sometimes yeah and see and mentally i know this is off topic a little bit but i um during those bad sermons, when I when someone encourages me, I'm thinking, "Oh, that's a pity. That's a pity. Good job." <laughs> which is which is what I need sometimes. Um, I need some of those. Uh, so with preachers, you have that, but also preachers carry around a lot of, or at least in my experience, ministers carry around a lot of baggage, and not just their own baggage, but a lot of other people's baggage Mm -hmm. and they're not allowed to share that um, or really confide that in anyone. Um, So sometimes the, the weight of those type of things can make a day hard. So a little encouragement is nice to say, Hey, even though I don't know what you're going through, I just appreciate, you know, I don't know what all you do, but I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there have been days where, you know, there's like something will happen and then something else will happen. And there's like four or five different things going on in one day. And it's and it's like uh, and you can't share any of it because they're all personal situations. And, you know, you you just and maybe you don't have an outlet. Maybe you just and, and so you're having to to carry that and to and to deal with that. And, you know, I think that, you know. First, you know, the, the whole aspect of preaching, you know, I think that, you know, yeah, you're going to have good lessons and bad lessons. And sometimes, sometimes you're going to be wrong. Uh, and you get up and you speak and you say something and you, and you mess up and you have to go and correct yourself. Uh, and, and that's, that's happened before. I've, I've had to do that. I've had to go back and say, you know, I was, you know, I was wrong. I was teaching a class one time um, where, um, it was kind of like a, a Timothy class. Like I was trying to train some, some people, um, who really didn't have any experience. Uh, I was 19 at the time and I had, uh, I had a 50 year old in my class, so, <laughs> but he had never, he'd never done any like service or anything like that in the church. So he yeah. you know, needed some experience. Uh, but I was teaching, you know, when you do the Lord's supper, when you had the Lord's supper that you shouldn't say that the body or the bread is the body of Christ and the cup is the, is the blood of Christ. Because I was trying to teach against transubstantiation, mm-hmm. which is a right. false doctrine. But if you go back to scripture and what Jesus said, when it was established, he said, this is my body. So I was wrong. And I had to go back and I had to apologize. Uh, and 
once he pointed that out and i was like oh yeah you're right i need i need to go back and fix that mm-hmm. uh, now you know that'll happen sometimes um we have to realize that they're human you know that the preachers the ministers you know youth you know pulpit wherever they're human and they're going to make mistakes so when they make those mistakes you have to you know share grace and you know and mercy on them <laughs> uh for sure and i i guess that's an important aspect uh too about preachers is that they you know a lot of people go to them and they they talk and they share things and and while you know elders they have to do that too and we'll we'll talk about that with them as well a lot of these preachers are not they're not equipped to be shepherds all right so like scripture has the qualifications for the overseers, the shepherds, first uh, Timothy chapter three and Titus chapter one. Um, and a lot of ministers, they don't, they don't have any of, not any of those qualities. They may have some of those qualities, right. but they, they don't have all of those qualities. You know, maybe they're not married. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're just really young. They don't have, you know, and, and so they're not, they're not qualified in the same way as those who are qualified to be shepherds. And yet they have to do shepherding. Right, uh, right, right now in Moultrie, we don't have elders. Uh, we're working towards that. You know, we've actually had congregation made recommendations. Um, so I'm, I'm talking with those men, you know, we're kind of, feeling our way and maybe we're going to be moving forward. So the congregations put up a plurality of men. Uh, so far a plurality has, has uh, said that they would do it. I still got, you know, I got one more that I need to talk to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so maybe that'll, that'll come about. Um, but right now, if there's shepherding to be done, it's kind of whoever will, take on the task and you know a lot of people they just they go to the preacher you know um and i know that's not unique to me and even when there are elders um people like to go to the preacher because you know he's he's the guy that they see their face every sunday right right so um yeah they 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 carry their own baggage they carry others um you know and and one thing too uh, about preachers is that, you know, their job is not really one where, you know, you clock in and you clock out. You know, it's it's kind of a job that it doesn't really end. I mean, you have office hours maybe, but, you know, you got funerals that you'll do. You got things that'll come up. Um, you know, you've got, you know, people call you in the middle of the night and need to talk or need you to be there, go to the hospital, you know, you're called away. And when you're focusing on spiritual things constantly, and you're supposed to, as a Christian, continue to, to focus on spiritual things, it really is, it's your life. It's, it's not a, you know, clock in and clock out kind of thing. And, and that can be hard sometimes. The, the, uh, something the elders said here when I got here, and I've really um, enjoyed the fact that they said this when I first got here. They said, we're not, we're not paying you to do a job. We are supporting you 
we have decided to support you in the work that you've chosen to do. As in, it didn't matter. Yeah. It wouldn't matter how much you're getting paid or if you're getting paid at all. This is who you are and this is what you're going to do. So we decided to support you in that. Wow. That's cool. It's supporting a lifestyle versus, <laughs> versus uh, paying an employee. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's another thing too, is uh, oftentimes, you know, the preacher is kind of seen as he's the hired hand. And sometimes he can feel isolated, even though he's a member of the congregation, you know, he's, he's kind of put on this other pedestal and he's kind of, you know, there's greater expectations of him. And maybe you wouldn't invite the preacher to, to, you know, something, an outing or different things like that, just because he's the preacher, you know? And, and, and so there's, sometimes they can be isolated a little bit and sometimes, you know, just because of that, of that role. Um, so I appreciate that mindset that they have, you know, yeah, it's really and, uh, nice um, to know that, I guess, and to be here, to be here in that. And um, they've told me that, you know, I'm 24 years old and that I will mature as a 24-year-old will. Um, <laughs> and they realize that it's more public than, than anyone else's maturing process. Yeah. But they've, they've been they've been really good about being patient with me throughout my, and I think that's also another way that they, and that the congregation has encouraged me. Um, and the fact that they've, they've realized that I'm still a 24 year old and I mm-hmm. don't have, I feel like I don't have anything figured out. I might have a few things, <laughs> but, but not much. Yeah. Well, I'm about to turn 28 and I still don't have anything figured out. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, let's let's get into elders and deacons then, real quick. Um, so they're they're ministers in their own right, you know. And really, um, you know, I was studying about this and, and shared this with our class this past week uh, on elders. That really, it's not it's not a title. It's not a. I mean, it is a title. You know, it's not just a position. Uh, it is a, it's a service. It's a job to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that job is to, as shepherds, really, you can kind of narrow it down to, they feed, protect, and they guide the flock. And that's, that's really, that's the whole work of elders. You know, they're to make sure that, you know, they're getting spiritual teaching in, you know, that they are getting the truth, um, they are, they're guided, you know, in, in the right direction. And maybe this is counseling, you know, those aspects like that, um, you know, and they're in, you know, the business of protecting all of the spiritual stuff that an elder is supposed to be uh, is really those ideas. And, and so they're ministers too. Uh, and they have different, you know, they have the qualifications and, and stuff like that that are laid upon them. And so, um, Maybe what sets them apart from from preachers and ministers? What, why, why should they receive special encouragement? Perhaps number one, they have a greater responsibility for the congregation. Uh, when it comes down to, you know, as as a minister, we are to to preach and to teach, um, but even the elders are responsible 
for us for us in that and what we teach and what we and what we preach. Um, you know, uh, in Jeremiah it says, "Woe to those, woe to the elders that that scatter to scatter the sheep." And I think about how elders are not just responsible for themselves, but or even their families, but they're responsible for the family of God and the congregation where they're at. So mm-hmm. that could be, you know, 10 people or a thousand people. That's a, yeah. a lot of souls. That's a lot of souls to be responsible for or to have a direct influence over. Um, so they carry, at least the elders here. And I see it because the elders here um, really care um, they carry around a lot of weight and, mm-hmm. and any elder, uh, if they're not, they should be carrying a lot of weight because it is a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You know, in a congregation where there are elders and there are, you know, there is, you know, the preacher there, you know, a lot of people will go to the preacher, but, Oftentimes it's, it's the elders, they have to stand up and they have to go and they have to keep their eyes out, you know, eyes open. Um, you know, I've heard it said that the elders, they have to constantly, whenever they're, you know, we're in worship, they are constantly on, you know, they are, they have their ears, their eyes open to everything. Um, and it's not just, you know, protecting, you know, the congregation from, you know, somebody coming in, uh, you know, but it is, being able to connect with people in such a way that you could kind of tell that when somebody, something's off and then you, you have to, you know, you intervene in some way, you, you, you help, you encourage, you, you know, try to figure out what you can do to help, you know, and some people, they, they're not open, you know? And, and so, I mean, you can't really help when somebody is not open about something. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, oftentimes they have to, they got to dig in and they've got to ask questions and, you know, you don't want to be that person that's, that's asked to go to a meeting with the elders, uh, but that's what they have to do sometimes. Uh, and, and they carry these, these incredible weights, you know, with, um, you know, all the things that they know that they can t- never tell anyone. Um, the weight of making the decisions of, of the congregation and, and what's going to be, what, what they're going to support, uh, if there is an, an issue, a public issue, you know, oftentimes they're the ones that, you know, they have to make a decision about what needs to happen. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're the ones that oftentimes, you know, let's say you've got a preacher and he's been there for a long time and, you know, he's, he's great and everybody loves him. Um, but something comes up and, and he, you know, he teaches, you know, something that's not true, or maybe he's got a good relationship with everybody, but he's just become ineffective. Uh, and, you know, and they have to make a decision, you know, everybody loves this guy, but we're not growing. And, you know, is it something that, you know, do we need something else? Or, you know, is he preaching the same sermons over and over again? And, you know, so what is, how are we going to go about doing this? And, and, you know, I've known specifically, of, you know, situations where the elders had to make a decision that the congregation didn't really like, but it was be, it was for the congregation. Um, and, 
you know, they, they came to, to respect and to, and to, um, and to honor their decision, but it's hard decisions that they have to make. Um, you know, they have their families and, 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 and all of that, and they have their wives, you know, but there's a lot of things they can't tell their wives. <laughs> I mean, oftentimes, you know, you want to, that's, that's your outlet. That's your confidant is your spouse. Uh, but there's a lot of things that they cannot tell their spouse uh, as far as, you know, personal issues and different things like that. Uh, we had a conversation about this <laughs> in our class Sunday morning. And uh, the whole idea with confidentiality is if you're the only person that knows something, then you're in control of, of what happens with the information. But if you tell one other person, you're no longer in control. Um, you know, because then they, they can share it. And, and I've, I've seen and heard of situations where elders told their wives something and then their wives shared it with each other. And then somebody went and shared it. And it's just, just an awful mess when something like that happens. Um, yeah. um, and I maybe think, we're getting way off here. No, but anyway, I, I think about elders talking about that and sharing information, um, even me sharing information with my wife, we share most things with each other. Um, but I don't ever want to put her in a position where something, where it puts her in a hard spot. As yeah. in, if, if it would be easier for her not to know that information. So I agree. And, and preachers, elders, you know, in your secular work, you can go home and you could tell your spouse about your day. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes... You know, and maybe some jobs you can't do that. <laughs> you know, working for the government, maybe. <laughs> yeah, classified, highly classified material. Yeah, CIA, yeah. FBI folks. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's just stuff that you're not really able to share for, you know, confidentiality's sake. And, you know, it's just like with counseling, uh, except, you know, they really don't have the education oftentimes as counselors. And so they're right. having to do it, you know, based off of scripture and, and scripture alone and, and experience. And uh, yeah, they're just doing the best they can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And elders, elders are human too. They are, they are, you know, they, they're growing. Even if they've been an elder for a long time, they're still learning things and, 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 you know, kind of sometimes you just kind of, you act on the fly and sometimes you have to think and, and pray diligently about something. And, you know, odds are if you're at a congregation and there's elders, your elders are praying about something right now. That's, <laughs> that's important. Uh, and it's weighing heavy on their minds and they're walking with this each day. Um, and so there, there's an incredible burden, I think, especially with them, but I think all church leaders, they, they carry that. Um, Anything else you think particularly about the elders or, or deacons, that, you know, why they, they need encouragement? Just, just the big, 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 big responsibility that they have mm -hmm. uh, as the main thing. Yeah, right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll jump back into it. Thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, please remember to uh, subscribe, share, follow, and do all those things. Uh, with our social media, we got Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, go ahead and, and do all of those things. We want to also remind you that we're in partnership with the Ministry League. Uh, check out their app. 
Uh, it's, it's excellent. Uh, they have a plethora of, of great Christian resources on there. Uh, so check out, it's just Ministry League app. Uh, so check that out. Uh, also, we're getting rid of our Teespring shop. March 31st is the last day that you can purchase anything from there. Uh, so we're not going to be selling apparel or mugs or stickers or anything like that for the foreseeable future. So March 31st is the last day uh, that you can do that. We're going to be moving on to some other things um, in, in April. Uh, but that'll be your last chance if you want to buy anything with our logo. Please do that to support us uh, as we move forward. Uh, thanks again for watching. So we've talked about some of the pressures and some of the, the things that the ministers and preachers have to go with. I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface in some way. Uh, you know, there are just other things that, and I think they kind of, they kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, just things that'll happen, you know. We haven't even talked about how how often preachers have to move. No. <laughs> um, so we haven't even talked about that. Um, but you know, that's that's one of those things too. Um, what can we do? What can we do to uh, encourage our church leaders? You know, they face these pressures. You know, they're not only worried about their own spiritual life, but they're worried about the spiritual lives of everyone in the congregation, the ministers, the, the elders, the deacons. They're, they're thinking about how people are living and following after God, and they're constantly, their work is to encourage and build up. So how can we, how can we encourage them? I think with with e with these three with preachers and elders and deacons, I think realizing that you that we can only see the the tip of the iceberg to say um, with any of their situations, just as in each other's personal lives, we only see the tip of the iceberg of what anyone is going through. I think acknowledging that is probably a good first step in saying that I appreciate what I see you doing. But I also realize the fact that there's a whole lot more that I don't see. And I even I even appreciate that. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times for people who are doing a lot of work and carrying a lot of the load, um, just knowing that people, they don't have to know what you're doing, but that they, that they appreciate you anyway. Yeah. You know, there's that, there's that joke that the preacher only works three hours a week yeah. you know that he uh you know he he doesn't really have a job and i was actually asked one time when i was a youth minister i was asked by one of the kids what's your job what do you do i said this is it you know <laughs> so yeah they, they don't see you because you know they might see you one hour you know they might see you three hours or or maybe a little more per week and, you know, they, they don't understand or know uh, that, you know, you make hospital visits, you know, they're still, that's still going on. You know, people are still, ministers are still visiting, elders are still going to places, even with the coronavirus right now, you know, they're, they're doing that, they're counseling, <clears throat> uh, they're doing things that we don't see. There's a lot of older members sometimes that they need they need somebody to take them to a doctor's appointment mm -hmm. 
and they ask the preacher to do it. <laughs> yeah. And and the preacher, he'll he'll do it. He'll take them to their doctor's appointment. Uh, they'll take them to surgery at five in the morning. You know, they'll, mm-hmm. you know, they'll do stuff like that. Nobody, nobody here ever hears about it. Nobody knows about it. They just kind of see them as the, you know, they get up and speak and, and that's about it. But yeah. you're right. Acknowledging, acknowledging that there's, there's things that they don't see. Uh, they're facing pressures that, you know, they, they don't let out and they don't, uh, you know, they can't share um, for sure. Also, with ministers and with all of these groups, you have their their wives and their families that also feel um, the pressure or carry some of that weight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, it does me a lot of good when someone encourages my wife when they take mm-hmm. the time to say, "Hey, I know, I know that you don't have the title, but you're also carrying a lot," and um, like. For her, she's helping me carry a lot and carrying a lot for me as well. Um, and with children, the same way of pressure of, of being an elder's kid or a preacher's kid. Um, it's also encouraging not just the one person who has the title, but everyone that's involved with that person. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the wife, she marries the husband. You know, she doesn't marry the preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she falls in love with the man and, and not the preacher, you know, and, and so sometimes, and I, I know a lot of, a lot of, uh, preachers that wasn't their first job, you know, they were in finance, you know, or, or did, you know, in sales or you did teaching or something like that. They married and then, and then they got into ministry. And so there's, there's no choice. There was no, there was no heads up uh, for, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, their wives. And, and so they are, they're kind of bearing with them. The kids, they have no choice. <laughs> you know, they don't get to choose that their dad is a minister or their dad is an elder. You know, they don't, they don't get to choose those things. Um, so, you know, just to, to take a moment and just be thankful for them. You know, and a lot of a lot of wives, uh, ministers' wives, and and elders' wives, they they do a lot for the church, and they don't get paid to do it, and they are put on a little bit of a pedestal too, and expected to do things sometimes that um, you know the other women may not. You know, maybe they're expected to do a ladies' Bible class. They just have the ex- expectation, but maybe you know that's not something. I think it's unfair sometimes when we have those expectations on them. You know, if they want to do it, I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, any any Christian woman that can be a good example uh, is an excellent one. I think it gives the minister a sense of pride maybe sometimes when his wife is, is involved with the church. Um, but that should be, you know, that should be her decision. You know, she's not getting paid to do it. She's not getting... You know, she didn't sign up for that. That's not her job. You know, that's not what career she wanted to, to go right. in. It, it can't be her job. So it's not, yeah, it, it's not an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of having a little bit of grace and, but going the extra step and encouraging them and, you know, being thankful for them and, and thankful to them, um, yeah, I think that's important. 
I've been thinking about this topic and what we can do to encourage. And in, in reality, since COVID, I've spent a lot of time, a lot of ministers and church leaders have spent a lot of time on the phone with people, checking up on people, calling. So for me, it's nice, you know, in the middle of the day where I have several people I'm going to call for someone to call me and say, hey, I was just thinking about you today. And there are some big ways to encourage people uh, uh, with usually the bigger you get, you get into monetarily, you know, or like gifts or big things like that. Uh, but for me, it's the little things. It's, it's just just calling or writing a letter or after services saying, hey, do you want to go eat lunch today? You know, just... Mm-hmm. Not, you know, just things, um, just the little things uh, Yeah, go a long way. Um, a, a couple months ago, uh, I think I might have mentioned this in another, in another episode. That's how important it was to me. Uh, but she had made cookies and, and she bagged up some of them and brought them to the office and gave them to me, uh, and it was just like a small little thing, you know, half a dozen cookies. <laughs> and, and that was a huge deal to me, um, you know, and maybe she didn't see it as a big deal. Just kind of when I was going through town and I had made these. So, you know, um, but that was that was big. You know, those little things like that, you know, the cards, you know, all of that. I think kind of moving a little bit from, you know, the encouragement of, of wives and children of the ministers and and elders. Uh, One thing that really encourages me and I know encourages a lot of, a lot of church leaders is when they see members encouraging each other, when they're building each other up, you know, um, we have some excellent ladies here. And every once in a while, uh, one of them will kind of be going through something and that's, it's visible. You know, you can tell that they're going through something. Um, and our ladies just, they surround her and they, and they hug her and they tell her that they love her and, you know, things like that. And it's just like, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be a part of this congregation. You know, that that's, that's huge. That fills up your church leaders when you are there for the brethren and, and kind of expanding on that. When, when church leaders see you doing the work of Christians, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's yeah. huge. I mean, that's, that's big because a lot of times our interaction is limited to coming to worship. You know, there especially during the coronavirus, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of activities going on. Uh, Maybe there's not a whole lot of um, service projects or stuff like that happening. They're not seeing some of the ladies here. They, they just decided all by themselves, we're going to make masks and we're going to send them to Panama. (laughs) And you know, that was, that was a big thing. That's awesome. Um, and uh, so they, they made like 500 masks sent to a children's home in, in Panama. It was their idea. Uh, so 
things like that, they just kind of, they boost you up. And um, yeah, that's important. For me, um, I do a lot of things and, and you're, you know, other people encouraging each other, each other. I work a lot with the kids. So every time we have a visitor or someone new come, you know, they come in, I grab one of the kids and I'm like, Hey, go, go talk to them. Go, go make them feel welcome. And what I've noticed is the more that I've done that, the less I've had to, as in, yeah. as in they're, they're doing it on their own now. Um, mm-hmm which is, which is awesome because that's just who they are as an encouraging person. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, uh, we've had several visitors that, uh, they're some of the last people to leave. Uh, and the reason for that is because everybody wants to talk to them. Everybody, you know, you know, folks get up and, and, uh, since we started doing online, I have to, I, I don't get to go to the back and greet everybody as they go out. I have to turn off the, cause I record from my phone. I do, I go live from my phone. So I have to stand up at the front and turn it off at the end of services. And some people are already out the door before I can even make my way back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's Christians back there that are talking and, you know, just in that bond of fellowship building those relationships. Uh, and that's, that's big. That's, that's big. And like I said, I don't think any of this is people have been encouraging other people for a long time. Um, and I don't, I don't think there's a secret formula or there's a, you, you need to do this on this day or this at this time. Um, it's just being thoughtful of other people. And I mm-hmm. think it's, that's. um, that's hard to do sometimes with our busy schedules and all the things that we have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being thoughtful of other people is, the, you know, is the fundamental core aspect of encouraging people. Right. You're, you're thinking about them. You're, you know, you're being intentional about the fact that you care, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it might be a little, it might be a small little thing. You know, I was just thinking about, I haven't been very good at it recently, but, just to try to encourage other ministers, just send a text that says, Hey, you know what? I prayed for you today. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking about you. And, 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 and some of those, I think a lot of people are just kind of afraid to, to send a text like that because they think it's corny or they think it's like, I don't know. I don't know what they think about it. Cause I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah, well, well if you're like me, I, I had that thought of, I should do that. I'll do it later. And then it never gets yep. done. And that's what yeah. happens to you. Uh, but, but along those lines too, and, and specifically I mentioned prayer because that's probably one of the biggest ways that you can encourage it and to build up, you know, your church leaders is, is to pray for them. You know, um, I've had members in the past not say, well, I prayed for you every day this week, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, say, you know, I pray for you all the time, you know, and um, <laughs> I, I had a rapport going with, with one of the members where I worked for the, the last congregation I worked with, and uh, she prayed for me every Saturday night, hmm. uh, and, and she, and I could say, uh, did you pray for me? And she said, yeah, 
And I said, well, I know it's going to be good then. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, so every every Saturday night she'd pray for me that I'd be able to, you know, that people would hear the truth and that I'd, you know, proclaim the truth and, and all of that. And so that was that was big. That was a huge encouragement, you know, to pray for your church leaders and to let them know that you're praying for them. When I hear that, it's almost like you kind of take a sigh of relief a little bit. You know, there are people going to God, to his throne on behalf of you. And that's just like, I mean, if you understand the power of prayer, you understand why it's so important. It's just like, thank you. No. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I need it. But yeah, uh, that's 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 something we can do too. Yeah, because um, I I can encourage you, but I'm limited in the amount of encouragement I can give you. But when I bring it to God, there are no limits <laughs> to the amount of encouragement that could be brought your way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and even the idea of comfort, you know, when when uh, Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter one, you know, about comfort, may may the God of comfort comfort you, and let us comfort with the comfort which the Comforter gives. Mm-hmm. Comfort, comfort, comfort. <laughs> I love the way he he does that. But anyways, this idea that it's the comfort that God gives that we extend to you. Uh, Maybe the encouragement we give is the encouragement that God gives. The strength that we can lend to each other is the strength that God gives. When we go back to it, if we can help, if we can help our church leaders better connect with God, uh, or to let them know that you're going to God on their behalf, you know, or you know, young ministers love to love to talk to um, older members that know the Bible well mm-hmm. and will and bring scripture to them. That's, that's a, that's a huge thing too. But anyway, um, well, do you have any other thoughts on this, uh, Josh? Um, yeah. What you just said um, and thinking about the different roles of elders and ministers and deacons, it's encouraging for me when someone says, hey, I want to show you this passage, or I, I read this, I read this today. What do you, what do you think about this? Um, encouraging more than just emotionally lifting my spirits, but helping me become a better preacher, becoming a better, um, you know, speaker or to know God's word better. And I think about deacons and how they're different because they have individual works that they do. Sometimes congregations put a lot on the deacons or deacons. You know, I think of the seven deacons, seven, seven deacons for one work. <laughs> and sometimes we have seven works for one deacon and, yeah. how, and how they're have a lot of things that they have to do. Um, so for, so for deacons saying, Hey, I appreciate you, but also let me help you. I know that you're doing a lot. So let me assist you in however you want me to assist you. Oh, yeah. Uh, church so. church works need volunteers. Yes. <laughs> you know? And, you know, deacons, you know, and elders, they don't oftentimes they have the education that goes with a lot of those things. You know, a lot of preachers don't either. But, you know, most of them that take on that career, they 
they go and they do, you know, education and stuff like that. But you step up and you're a deacon and you're put in deacon of youth (laughs) or deacon of worship or deacon of missions or whatever like that, you know, and, you know, you're, if you're brand new to it, then, (laughs) I mean, there's a whole lot to that, that, you know, you're going to be growing with and, and events and different stuff like that. You know, you need, you need, you need volunteers, you need support. Mm -hmm. Um, And you need people just saying, you know, thank you for what you do. Um, And I'm glad you brought up deacons because (laughs) we haven't really talked about them specifically. Um, But yeah, they're, they're often given a task or are lots of different tasks. Um, And uh, they, they can certainly have a lot on them too. And so just to be thankful to them and ask how we can help, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's important for sure. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I don't think there's anything when it comes to encouraging church leaders, I don't think much of it is revolutionary or big things. A lot of it is just being thoughtful and, and instead (laughs) of, you know, saying, Oh, I should do this actually actually just doing it, actually just thanking or helping, things like that. Right, right. Yeah, so this is not anything new. It's just a kind of a PSA reminder. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and, you know, I would encourage you ministers that are watching and elders and deacons that are watching, be someone that the people are thankful for. Um, you know, be someone who, you know, encourages, you know, um, the Bible talks about, you know, you're going to, you're going to reap what you sow. So if you're not a good encourager. You're probably not going to receive a lot of encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you're, if you don't build people up, then they're probably not going to just naturally build you up. So uh, that, that goes for everyone. So but anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Encourage everybody, <laughs> not just certain people. Everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just want to thank everybody for watching uh, or listening to this episode. And, and Joshua, thank you so much for coming on and, and sort of co-hosting this with me. Oh yeah. Special guest co-host. So thrilled to have you on this episode and, and it's been really good to talk to you, brother. Yeah, I, I really appreciate, and several people really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, and I need to do a better job of encouraging and that, encouraging you in that. <laughs> uh, but I really do appreciate well, your thought you. your your thoughtfulness towards young preachers. So well, well thank you, thank you. It's a uh, it's imp- it's important work. You know, we need to be lifting each other up, and that's why kind of why we started this thing. Yeah. bearing up to encourage everyone <laughs> uh so hopefully that's what you got from this episode today maybe you're encouraged maybe you're thinking about you know that special church leader in your life and just been reminded of of some of the things that they do um and uh maybe have a, a refreshed uh thinking about you know why why they are so important in your life and maybe reach out and encourage them. Um, and like I said, ministers, you go, 
be an encouragement to your members. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and close the prayer again. Joshua, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you so much for this, this wonderful day you've blessed us with. We thank you so much for the church. And we thank you that in this body, uh, which belongs to Christ, that we can build each other up. Uh, whether we are in a designated role or not, I pray that you'll help us to live out Christ. Uh, and really, that's what it's all about. Uh, whether we are an elder or a preacher or a member, a deacon, um, whatever we may be in the body of Christ, um, I pray, dear Lord, that you'll help us to grow into him uh, and to follow him, uh, that we might build up the body and that we might encourage each other. I thank you so much for, for Joshua coming on with us today, and uh, I pray that you'll bless him in his work. I pray that you'll bless all of our listeners um, and that you will uh, give them a greater faith and strength uh, and that they may be encouraged. We thank you so much for Christ and his sacrifice. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for watching. <laughs>